It's the Tillcast episode 539, Under a Black Light. And this week, guys, we talk Hogwarts Legacy, Atomic Heart, Wild Hearts, Phantom Hearts, and Steel Rising. Stay tuned. It's radioactive. It glows. Yep. Yeah. 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 We're back. There you go. After a little bit of a hiatus, it's the Tiltcast. I'm Nuss. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. With the three of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Games and some news. Uh, It is March 4th. We've had a two-week hiatus. All sorts of things have been happening outside of podcast life that have just kept us from being able to make the show. And we apologize. Um, he apologizes. Maybe I do. Rusty doesn't yes. apologize. I don't apologize Rusty, for anybody. Rusty and I have no regrets. No, re- <laughs> no, no regrets. No, no regrets. <laughs> yeah. No, I have regrets. Just Rug- no regrets. You do have regrets. Oh, I do not have regrets. I don't have a rug anymore. Woohoo. Oh, I guess I should say it's an embraded show. But yes, that being said, yeah, somehow the millions of children that have been splashed across the universe from me have never made it inside of a womb. So, wow. Just all over the wall. Some on the floor. I mean, if CSI I mean, comes in, CSI the floor comes was definitely your room this morning, Rusty. Oh, Jesus Christ. That, that was, was a bad. ton of spooge. I have his his room looked oh. like the floor of a casting couch. Dude, it was <laughs> bad, man. And the closet looked like a fucking glory hole. Oh, it Wait. was oh, it was bad. What what was going on there, Rusty? Because you showed us some pretty incriminating things there. <laughs> the life of, the life black, of a lonely black man. Black lights don't lie, sir. The life black of a lonely, a lonely man under so, a black light. Yeah, so what you, what you don't want to do is uh is take a black light to any part of your house. <laughs> uh you do not want to do that anywhere. <laughs> Especially if you uh live or work or uh have a, a never never into a uh uh into a hotel room. But so the the reason why I have said black light is um Ever since I moved here, there was uh, the, there was some issues with the office that I had been uh, I'd set up shop in, and the uh, the the issues were that this used to be like the hangout for the cats, uh, multiple, uh, and by hangout they they just used this place as the fucking litter box. It was bad. I thought I had cleaned it. Like I spent a lot of time actually in here scrubbing, you know, scrubbing the carpet and you know, and, and getting it clean. Um, but uh, just the other day, I I look over, look, I'm sitting there playing fucking video games. I look over and the cat is staring at me, butt up against the wall, and she's spraying. Jeez. I'm like, you're fucking staring directly at me as you're doing this, and you know I want to go over there and just pound your face in. Uh, so I shoo her away and, you know, go to clean that up. And I'm like, this is not the first time. 
I, I can tell that it's not the first time and I'm, I got real mad and I started, you know, I went online and I bought some freaking enzyme cleaner and I'm like, I'm going to make sure that, you know, uh, I researched it. I'm like, you, you have to, you know, really clean the spot and then you have to use an enzyme cleaner and then you, you do a bunch of things to just try to get the cat to not come back to the spot because once they do it once, they'll keep coming back to it. So I learned a lot about cats. I learned I don't like cats. <laughs> um, I like so I pups. ordered the enzyme cleaner and uh, my buddy, Cam, uh, he, uh, he said, you know what? Let's get a black light and see just how bad it is. It's a bad idea. It was a horrible idea. It was absolutely the worst. The best worst idea he'd had. Um, the black light came before the cleaner did. Uh, so there was an entire day where I was, you know, doing the black light thing throughout the house uh, and identifying places where we need to renovate. <laughs> and one of the places was the office. So this morning, I woke up, I got a razor blade out, and I started ripping carpet up. And now I am in a room that is slightly echoey because it does not have carpet in it anymore. <laughs> and it smells of angry orange. Which, the only way I can describe the smell that I am, uh, I am currently experiencing right now is... Uh, and I shared this with the guys earlier that today is a, it's an unholy mix of an or orange orchard and a brothel. It's terrible. It's fucking you horrible. You should have Googled, um, how do they clean a whorehouse? <laughs> with a hose, man. <laughs> what's, the, what's the best way to clean up the seats in an adult theater? Like those may be, have been good Google search terms. I don't know. Let's take a look. Uh, um, I know that I. It's could your search do that. history. It is my search history. the The important part is to go incognito first, because that does so much. The cookies How are still there. Do it doesn't stop me from knowing what you looked up if I was actually like administrating your network, but that's that's beside the point. Um, How do adult theaters clean their seats? Somebody has to know. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I don't know. It maybe in uh, a few places. I mean, I'd imagine it is anyway. With, I mean, with the internet, I don't under, understand the point. You don't, they don't have it since the pandemic, but like pre-pandemic, like the adult toy superstore in downtown had a couple had a couple of screening rooms. Screening rooms. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um. Jason, what do you do on your off time? Oh, I did nothing. <laughs> right. I did nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, Schultz. You didn't, you didn't check those screening <laughs> rooms out, nothing. did you? nothing. <laughs> no, I did not. Out of five stars. I was, I was five with stars, my wife, had, and she was purchasing things. If if you had to give it a tilt cast rating, how, many, uh, how, uh, how much out of five? I really couldn't tell you because I never went in. Bullshit. Bullshit. Jason's a very curious fellow. I can't imagine him not being able to sate his interest. No, no. But I I won't lie and say that my wife and I don't use some toys at least 
occasionally. Let's nice. just keep it there. We're good. Right. Exactly. So yeah, what no I was able to find no details. I'm not doing that. What but I was there able was to find the reason we were in the store. That's all I'm saying. What I was able to find <laughs> was that they use really strong chemicals and they are supposed to in in quotes supposed to clean it daily. But that never happens based off of this is right off of a forum. Um Clean from it a guy daily. Who, How about clean it every showing? Jesus. No, daily. I don't want to sit in some other I just go in there with a putty knife and scrape that shit up off the floor. Ugh. Oh, there's literally a, somebody saying they use a putty knife. <laughs> oh my god. That's that, on the that, internet forever. Okay. That, that, <laughs> So, so this is the this is the I, I, adult I would think theater you get, version of the scissors. And you, you know, like you can get those things that look kind of like a broom <laughs> with a huge blade on the bottom of it for scraping concrete. Like yes. that would that would be the thing that I would use because it puts you as far away as possible. <laughs> but that seems like a I'll pretty fucking squishy. yeah. You'd have to change that every single time. I I would never put myself in that situation. <laughs> I'd rather work oh. at McDonald's. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd rather I I'd rather uh I'd rather for a job you have and, to be. I'd rather insert and remove the uh the computer cooked burgers at McDonald's than I would do that. Wow. So anyway, Whoa. you ripped up all your carpet and then cleaned yes. the concrete. Yeah, I was uh I I didn't have a uh, a convenient brush for cleaning the concrete either so um i was down on my fucking hands and knees with the you know with a little hand brush you I know scrubbing say, like, cam's old toothbrush yeah that was pretty much that's what it felt like <laughs> but yeah that was basically the last uh four hours four or five hours or so um and uh, I haven't really done anything more than that today. Uh, it's I am beat. <laughs> I am I am beat. But I was able to uh, achieve the goal. the yeah. The ultimate goal for this room was to eventually get it epoxy floored, because um, most of the uh, the rest of the uh, the floor down here is epoxy. Um, that's it's just, just not... this room was carpeted. Yeah, and that shit's not real hard to do, is it? Well, it's it's not if you prepare it properly. And this room needs to be prepared. So the concrete here is totally untreated. Um and it's seen better days. Like there's uh there's chips out of it and stuff like that. So it needs to be leveled. And uh once that's leveled, which shouldn't be that bad. You know that'll give us a, a good flat surface to apply the epoxy the epoxy to it, and and then we'll be off to the races. It'll be it'll be nice once it's done, but I wasn't planning on doing that until spring. So I was try, going to try to you know keep the carpet in here for the winter time because it does you know provide a a heat barrier. But after after I saw the state of the of the carpet, I said no, there's no cleaning this. It's got to go. Yeah, I I had a situation at work that has required me to be on call pretty much all the time. 
for days and days and days, which was I was into that my seventh day of work when we were supposed to record last time. And I was like, I can't do it, guys. I'm on call. It's uh, I'm in a space right now where we're doing the on call and shifts because we're tired. So I'm off shift for a few hours, which is why I'm recording today. But that being said, haven't slept very much in the last two weeks because I get in this space where I'm, I feel like I'm robbing myself of having time for me. And so what happens is I rob myself of sleep to do other things, um, <laughs> which is exactly what I did. And uh, I beat more than one game. Um, and I've got made significant progress in another game over the last couple of weeks, which is crazy. I uh, also went to a burlesque show last night, my friend's burlesque show, uh, which was fun. Um, nice. Ended up drinking too much, but... Essentially, I was given the okay to be off last night and off call completely and off call this morning. And I'm very honest with my boss, I was like, I really need to blow off steam. Pretty sure I'm gonna I'm pretty sure I'm gonna blow my diet here and have me some brews tonight and uh be in a state where I'm not entirely competent for the first few hours of the morning. So I need some help. And of course I got me some help. But um yeah, last night was nuts. Um, There's some pretty pretty crazy stuff they were doing. There was a girl that was uh, pouring molten wax all over herself. Damn. Um, Damn. And there was a guy that was doing the best kind of magic, as in like, oh, here's a here's a shitty a shitty thing, right? A shitty prop joke, and then oh, here's the. Uh, Here's how you do the shitty prop joke. And then, oh, here's actually something that kind of fucking wows you. Um, so it was a comedy routine where he'd go through like all the different things. And then he'd show you how he did the shitty prop joke. And it was a whole like comedy act on top of it. And then he'd actually do something that was really fucking good um, on top of that. Like he had this thing where he was taking a handkerchief, right? And then, you know, dissipating the handkerchief into his hand. And of course, that turned out to be an egg. Well, in the egg, he flips it around and he's like, oh, well, you know, here's the egg. I palmed the egg into my hand and this egg has a hole in it. I got it for $5 on eBay. <laughs> and then he palmed a real egg at some point in that conversation, but he just, I didn't see it because he was really good at diverting attention. And he palms another egg with a sticker on it. And he's like, well, this thing's just the sticker. And then he pulls the sticker off, which was the hole that he shoved the handkerchief in. And then crack the egg in a glass. And I was like, oh, that was pretty slick. Um, so, like, so there's some stuff like that that was pretty fun. Nice. Um, but, yeah, it's a burlesque show. Burlesque show is, like, basically girls that are half naked doing circus acts. That's the easiest way for me to describe it. Right? The molten wax thing was pretty crazy. Um, this girl was covered in molten wax. Um. But yeah, the they charge almost nothing for the beer. So like a beer there is like $3. And I must have just been stressed because I just kept going over and getting them. And then I know two of the people that put on the show. So Scout Des that um been hanging out with off and on with Vanessa for a while um, was like, do you want another beer? I was like, yeah, here's 20 bucks. Go get me a few beers. And then she'd run off and grab me beer. So I kind of like had my own personal weight staff the entire night, which was kind of nice. And then she was bringing me shots on top of that. 
Damn. Um, that I wasn't paying for. So I got so really ripped. You only counted the beers. Yeah, I, did, I don't remember the shot count. All I know <laughs> is that I got home and then I realized, like, it all hit me at once because it was a pretty short period. Like, it was between about 8 and 11 o'clock that I downed all of this. And then everything caught up to me about 30 minutes after I got home. And then I couldn't, like, even walk to my bed. So I crawled to my bed. <laughs> That's and, when you know you did it right. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to do, um, wanted to play some more games last night. Like I installed Wulong when I went out last night. Or is that Wulong or Wolong? Wulong. Wulong. The new game from Team Ninja. Um, so I've got a tiny bit of that this morning because I still actually had to work this morning and overcome my hangover. Um, actually just now feeling like I'm a human again at this moment. It's totally worth it though. Like I really needed to blow off steam. Um, but yeah, it was a freaking crazy night after working so many. I think I'll be done working crazy hours here probably in the next week or so. And I'm going to take some time off. Um, I've got a lot of time off I can take actually. Yeah. But well, hey, I'll yeah. actually, yeah, I'll be out like uh, um, week after next because it's spring break. So we're taking the kids uh, down around when my 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 brother is uh on the Arkansas Texas border, and we're gonna go camping. Nice. Yeah. But I'm doing it go right. Camping. I'm doing it right, though. I'm renting a camper or an RV. <laughs> You're not going to go do the tent thing anymore? Oh, come on. No. I, I'm too old for that shit. And actually, realistically, Titan and, Titan and I both are way too susceptible to heat stroke to risk that. And you know how, you know how this that time of March can go in Oklahoma and Texas. It will either be fairly mild and most likely rainy or it'll be fucking 90 degrees outside. So yeah, it could, it could fucking suck. Yeah. So we're, we're just planning for the eventual for the eventuality of it, either being rainy all week or, or it being unseasonably hot. Which, the way the weather's gone, it could go either way. That reminds me, at some point, so the I ran into the guy that did my tattoo last year, um, kind of runs in that same group because his wife is sometimes a part of the show. She does a singing act. She does like that old like 30s crooner stuff. Um, I, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, John's Museum. Right, who's also part of uh, picking up the pixels? Does a jazz is working uh, on a jazz act with her. Ja jazz lounge stuff, I love it. But yeah, she's really good. But anyways, her husband's the guy that does my tattoos. And I ran into him, and apparently last night I also set up at a tattoo appointment to get my quarter sleeve started. So <laughs> I will be doing that in May. Because nice. he texted me today. He's like, "Hey, so you're pretty trash. Did you?" Uh, do you remember? Do you remember that you, you set actually up a remembered this? He's like, you need to start coming up with ideas. So I'm going to have some form of a tilt cast tattoo into this quarter sleeve that I'm working on. Ooh. Um. So I've got to start thinking about 
exactly what I want to do, but I'm going to have something podcasting related permanently on my arm. Just crazy. Ooh, that's, that's, uh, I want to get a tattoo. I really do. Well, he told me that where I got it was one of the worst places I could get one. So he said, this one shouldn't be that big a deal. He's like, we had fun with your, the one that went through the back of your knee. <laughs> so he was like, mm -hmm. the one that's on the outside of your arm or even a little bit of the inside of your arm is not going to be that big a deal. He's like, you're fine. Yeah. Well, like I have pretty good pain tolerance. There were a couple of times though that I yeah, gripped the table but... so hard that I lost feeling in my middle finger on my right hand for about a week because there were a couple of points right behind my knee. That really fucking hurt. It felt like somebody was taking a knife and like just jabbing it in the back of my knee. Well, the forearm, the forearm up to that inside crease of the elbow is a is a is a lot less sensitive than the back of your knee was. Yeah, so. that was it's a, it's a great design. Like, don't get me wrong, the design that you had got was awesome. Um, but man. It's a lot you of fine could. detail. That's that is that's it was just the the placement of that was um well yeah it seemed uh, like the best place to put it because it was a roundish tattoo. Well, uh, I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm talking a lot about this. Essentially, what I did is I found an image online of the Lord of the Rings, and it's the whole journey in a big circle with the. One ring to rule them all, one ring into darkness behind them, you know, the whole thing, but an all in Elvish in the middle of that. And it's got the three different towers as different points on it. So it almost looks like a compass, but there's little fine detail of like Sam and Frodo on their journey. It's got fucking Shelob on it. It's got um, Gandalf and the rest of the hobbits right on one part of it. Like there's a lot to it. The I kinda, Yeah. Like it's kind of cool that what's there the only regret i have is that i can't see it very often because it's on the back of my calf mm -hmm. so like i forget i have it half the time i'm like oh yeah i have a tattoo it's a pretty it's a pretty gnarly looking tattoo but yeah yeah i'm gonna end up getting something um i don't know arms or uh i was gonna get a uh, uh get a tattoo on the leg uh to match my uh to match my brothers, but yeah. I have that I have that skin condition, so I don't know if I can actually even have tattoos. So I think maybe that. wait to figure out before you <laughs> that's a good idea or right. a bad idea. Yeah, I can't I can't really do anything more like the this I have I have psoriasis, so it's gonna be like uh I'm just gonna need to, you know, talk to the doctor before you even actually get one. I don't, the worst thing that could happen to me is that I go and spend all this money for a fucking tattoo and then it gets ruined, right. you know? And then now I've got like a fucking like, <laughs> just like, just, you know, destroyed, melted fucking art on my arm. It's bad. Yeah. So anyway, it's not cheap if you want a good one too. That's the problem. Right. I would start with, I would, I would obviously go with something like tiny quarter sized just to see what the reaction would be. I, kinda, I have a couple ideas in mind. Yeah. I kind of did the go big or go home. I, um, well, so did, so did my buddy here. <laughs> He's like, uh, my first tattoo is going to be an entire fucking right or is it his right arm? 
Yeah, it's his right arm, fucking right arm, right down to almost his, you know, almost his elbow. His entire fucking arm. Like, I mean, that's, that's what your I'm doing. My, sec- my second tattoo is going to be a quarter sleeve. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I mean, I guess go I guess I got, go a, I got a pretty good pain tolerance. Well, obviously, if you can survive the you know the back of the knee thing, you you can pretty much do it all. <laughs> like my other one is like two feet long. <laughs> I mean, like I said, go big or go home. Yeah, it's. I've always wanted one, like over the shoulder. Well, it used to be this taboo, right, in a corporate workspace that it wasn't something that could be done, right? At work, they used to make people wear long sleeve shirts or bandages right. or whatever. And then recently, like, somebody who's quite a bit higher than me does, like, work videos for employees, right? Like, I noticed in one of the work videos that his full sleeve is sticking out. And then I'm on these different corporate meetings while we went home for COVID, and I'm noticing a lot of the corporate people are starting to get full sleeves. And I just talked to my boss, and I was like, is that really even a thing anymore? And she's like, not really. (laughs) I don't think really anybody cares unless it has like huge curse words that are really distracting. I was like, well, I don't really want curse words, but I want some cool stuff. I'm starting to push my age and I plan on working here a while. So, you know, I'd like to, I'm probably going to do that as we go. Mm-hmm. And finally in a space where I can afford them. So why not? But anywho, um, video games. Jason. Oh yeah, is that what this Ninja is about? Games. Yeah, no, no segue. Well, I'm just gonna shear it off. I'm just all right, cool, and uh, just shear it off. I'm just um, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I I'll be the first to confess I didn't really do a whole lot because uh, <laughs> you had two it. weeks, uh, huh? You had two weeks. Well, no, my week off turned into being a uh, a chauffeur and a maid because Crystal got her uh, second. Uh, st- steroid shot in her back uh, on the Wednesday, um, and uh, and then this last week I was uh, uh, busy making up things at work, so I ended up actually uh, I did get Game Pass renewed because you Good. know that's how I installed Wulong this week, um, but. I the couple nights I had time to actually play a little bit of something. Um I uh ended up just uh uh doing a couple hours of power washer each one of those nights because it's zip. I guess the power wash simulator. Mm. Yeah. I still don't quite get that, but you seem to like it. It's a Zen thing, man. It's just like, and a, and a lot of it's easy too. Like I could stop it when kids were interrupting or whatnot, but it's like you can uh, literally just pick a length of your washer extension, pick the nozzle, hit the right mouse button, and just start waving the wand around god that sounds so dirty <laughs> wow but, i mean the, the it doesn't take that much to do like it's just it's a cathartic it's a cathartic thing 
I even like now this has some basis in the real world though too because like I could spend an entire weekend just power washing my house and I'd be fine with it. Jason, what? No, I, I, I. Mm. I have right. a power washer, and I do that like twice a year. So like, I, I have, I have a power washer as well, and I mean that's work. I'd much rather play video games. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> that's work. Well, you're, I mean, you're playing. Uh, it, it's so, work, but, but I, it, I but it, but it's kind of cathartic work, you know. There, there are people out there who some of their most relaxing time is like mowing their lawn. Right? Like power washing my cars and like power washing the siding on my house is kind of a cathartic thing. Well, I, need I, some, I need some power I suppose washing you, you're, you're entitled to your opinion no matter how wrong it is. Um, <laughs> now, I, I understand. Uh, I also I, I, I don't turn off. Uh, I, I can't turn off by working. Like I can't turn my brain off while doing a thing that is work because it just pisses me off that I have to do the work. I, I would be one of those people that'd be like, yeah, you know what? I could hire a maid for everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Cleaning inside my house. Totally. I, that's not a Zim place for me. I do. I, um, I don't mind it. But. Especially with all this talk about ripping up your carpet, Rusty, I'm thinking about like, I got the place I need to get my carpet repaired. And uh, maybe I'll get, pay somebody to. I was looking at prices to clean all of my carpet. I could get like all the carpet in my house cleaned for like 150 bucks, which would be it's 100% worth. worth it. Yeah. It's Especially worth it. after like Lola trashed my carpet when she was a puppy, you know? Right. Well, yeah. She's a puppy. But. Oh, yeah. Getting your carpet. Now, granted, I don't have to worry about this because we have all hard, hard floors throughout the house. But. Um, Getting your carpet steam clean is not a bad idea, Justin. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't do it. Back to video but games. Yeah. I've got a I've got a game to review. You do? Okay, hundred well, percent. I, I I don't. So continue. Okay. So I uh, played and finished Atomic Heart. Um, I'm going to start off with one thing that I really like about that game. Um, I really like the fridge. This. Not not necessarily. I do really like the soundtrack. So from everything that I can figure out, Mick Gordon did the actual soundtrack, and then the soundtrack that was released is a lot of remixes of Mick Gordon's stuff. So I don't know what the situation is behind that. The remixes are really good. Um, but the difference between a game soundtrack and a soundtrack that you listen to is a game soundtrack is dynamic, right? There are event triggers that trigger different parts of those sounds which is what he's responsible for. And then turning that, like even looking at the Doom 2016 soundtrack, he kind of went through the whole process of like figuring out what parts of those songs from the soundtrack are the part that you can turn into a full song, right? Because a song has a structure of sorts, whereas a soundtrack doesn't because it's designed to loop in certain spots, you know? So to me like looking through the credits, it's a lot of different people that went through like some really pop popular um, YouTube people went through and did a bunch of remix stuff. And so the part that they remixed and put out on steam and on Amazon music, which is where I've 
had it kind of on repeat the last week or so. Um, is really good, and it's a really eclectic mix of music. So it's stuff that's like reminiscent of old trip hop and like weird EDM. So when I say weird EDM, it's almost like the trip hop. It's like Tricky meets Aphex Twin in parts, but it sounds like they use like old Moogs or like really old like 60s and 70s synthesizers. Um, and it's really neat. And then they've got some like songs that are definitely in Russian that are remixed old Russian pop songs from like the 60s and 70s and 80s, at least to my understanding. Like they sort of sound familiar, but then they don't. And then they remixed them with like modern tracking and modern guitar tone and stuff like that. And so there's like these industrial rock songs that are kind of at the front of that remix soundtrack that are really catchy and really good. And then there's some stuff at the very end of the soundtrack. There's a couple of songs that are like on a Doom 2016 level of heavy. Um, with one of the tracks, I found an unofficial remix by a guy that goes by Alex Terrible, um, who's a there's a not huge into the band, but I'm huge into some parts of the band. There's a Russian what they call deathcore band that moved to the States because of everything that's happening. So they're based out of Florida, but they used to be in Moscow. Um, they've got some really crazy videos of the lead vocalist wrestling with a fucking bear. And apparently it's all real footage of this guy wrestling with a bear. Um, they're a pretty crazy band, but the vocalist is fucking intense. He did a bunch of remixes of Doom 2016 songs where he did vocals over the top of it, and they are really fucking intense. And he does a remix of one of the songs off the soundtrack, which is really fucking intense. Um, but yeah, the soundtrack, there's even parts of it that are like old Russian folk songs, right? Um, which is just interesting. It, like having electronic music over like a hundred year old Russian songs, which is really interesting and unique. Um one thing to talk about, like I'll talk about controversy for a second, because I think that's valid to talk about that for sure. I don't really dive into politics too often, but I am going to a little bit on this. Um, they're in a really peculiar spot. So Munfish, this is their first release, right? This game's been in production for five years. It just so happened that towards the end of the development cycle of this game, that the country that they were a part of gets in a war with Ukraine, Right. Munfish then relocates its whole company to Cyprus. Um, there's still some controversy as to like who backed it, right? Like, are there like parts of the Russian mob that are part of the overarching game? I don't know. And I don't know that it's anything that anybody speculating on Twitter or YouTube has the qualifications or the resources to really dive into that. Although people are really in a tizzy about finding something to hate. Right now, um, I'm not pro-Russia. I don't think anybody on this show is pro-Russia at all. But I do appreciate a lot of things about the game and the music and a lot of those things. In fact, Mick Gordon donated all the money that he got from the game um, towards the Ukraine war effort. So there's that. Um, like I said, I didn't feel like canceling a game just on the basis of speculation, right? So... Anywho, I, diving in a little bit further, 
You know, there's reports that it's a really pro-Russia game. It's actually not. Um, it starts off that way, just in the way that Bioshock starts off pro-Utopia, right? If you remember, like, you did Bioshock Infinite, you get this whole, like, opening scene of this cult in the clouds, essentially, right? It's very pro-whatever that group is that's part of the uh, cult that's out there, right? And so with this, it starts off with this rush. It's this alternate universe in Russia that's very kind of Bioshock, right? There's this utopia. It's essentially uh, communism is spread across the globe. And uh, with these new robots and AI, we're able to achieve these new heights and new technologies because of Russian ingenuity. And then it falls to shit because shit people are leading the utopia. And those shitty people, because it's a system that can't be perfect because it involves people, it fucks up everything. And the implications are huge because, you know, everybody's got these Russian robots. And, of course, everything goes to shit. Um, your person who is very pro-Russia now has to fight with the idea of should I be pro-communist or not the entire game. Um being that it is at May, that I think that puts the writers of the game and the people who created this game in a really particularly bad place if they were pro-Russia, because it is very much not pro-Russia. It's not pro-communism at all. Um, but it is a completely different take on things. The story's got some interesting twists and turns in it. Is it Bioshock? Mm. No. Um, as much as I like to hate on Ken Levine, he had a really good original idea when he created the original Bioshock. And I think Infinite's pretty good, though has some troubling, stupid loopholes with how he tried to loop it around with the Infinite thing, right? There's always a lighthouse deal. So while I don't think it's quite at the level that the original Bioshock was, which is a game that came out a really long time ago at this point, I think it feels... It has that same type of feel to it, right? Your utopia that went to shit. It's got a narrative storyline that's kind of going along with it. You're part of that storyline. Um, you're just kind of a person that's kind of thrust in this world, and then now you're solving a problem. It's not written as well as Bioshock. I keep comparing it to Bioshock because it's essentially you got a power on one side and you've got guns on the other side of your, you know, Left side power, right side guns, right? Which is very similar to Bioshock. But it's the powers themselves are pretty good, but not quite as good as Bioshock. So, like, you've got a levitate power, um, which is pretty good. It's actually a little bit overpowered because you can levitate things and then shoot them and they can't shoot you back, essentially, right? And then mm -hmm. an upgrade version of that will let you lift up multiple things at the same time. And an even further upgraded portion of that will let you slam them down, which usually in most cases will damage something about halfway down. Um, there's not any real damage numbers or any way, real way besides damage to see how far you've damaged something unless it's a boss with a big-ass health bar. No, wait a second. There is. I think everything's got health bars. So, yeah. But there's – anyways, what I'm getting at is um, that power is really good. I don't like the freeze power. So the freeze power, you get less loot unless you get the higher end version of the freeze power. So you'll get to a point you freeze something and then like chop it into pieces and then you get almost no loot or no loot from it. And you need the loot to upgrade your weapons. The open world in it is kind of a false open world in that it's, you can go anywhere in it, right? 
the mission is staged out into different sections of that open world, and it's not really that big. But when you're out in the open world, you're always dealing with an alarm. So a camera will see you, the alarm will sound, and then robots will spawn, like not spawn, but they'll know where you're at. And then when you blow them up, these little mini robots that are little helicopters will come out and reassemble shit after you kill it. And that's never ending, even after you destroy the alarm. So really, the only way to get all the loot from an area is to go in and shut down the whole system and then destroy stuff as you go. The only problem with that is you also can't unlock the little dungeon that's in that area. And that dungeon's how you get new blueprints for your weapons. So I ended up completing all the dungeons and completing all the story. And in my mind, I think the best way to play it is to kind of do a story beat and then do all the dungeons in that area and then move to the next area and then do the story beat and then all the dungeons in that area. Or you can do it in the reverse of that. But having all that extra stuff made the very end of the game not that hard at all. Like fucking just steamrolled the end of that game. I don't think it's hard enough. I think I could probably play that on hard and be just fine. Initially, it's difficult because you're starting off as essentially a fire axe, which can be upgraded, and it's got this spin move that's okay, but the FOV in the game is really narrow, so it makes it hard to see where you're at, and I think they just fixed that, but the FOV, I want to say, is like like 70, which Mm. means it looks like, it's kind of like tunnel vision, right, especially when you're playing on widescreen or ultra widescreen, I'm sure it was an issue, So, so that's been fixed. But the uh, that initial fire axe is not really worth upgrading. The better thing is this thing. There's two really good melee weapons. Um, there's this one weapon that's like a it's like a it looks like a staff with two saw blades on it. And the initial you know initially it's just a bash stick, and then it's got this other power that when you hold down its special attack. So instead of doing a heavy attack, you aim it at something. And the saw blades detach from the stick. And then just buzzshaw the shit out of whatever you're aiming it at. And it's really fucking good. So that's one. And there's this other one, I think, called the Snowball or Snow Globe or something like that, which is essentially like having a weed eater or a rotating prop on a stick that you just, like, run through enemies and just gore fest. Um, and you can't be interrupted once you get the upgrade for it, which means you got an enemy that... There's certain enemies that really only take damage from melee. Um, it just sausages up those enemies like there's just nothing that stops it but um it encourages you to uh to respec a lot to try out new things so you get a hundred percent of your resources back for respecking um you also get a hundred percent of your resources back for scrapping weapons so that you can try out all the different permutations and attachments and everything so that part I actually like quite a bit because it's like, okay, I didn't like this as much as I thought it would. I'm going to go to the upgrade station. I'm going to change this around. So I'm going to respec the entire thing or I'm going to recycle this weapon and put points into this other weapon so that I can use that instead. Um, there's also a power called polymer. Um, so what polymer is is like a, a conductive substance. So you always have a electric electricity power on your on your hot bar. And that can turn into chain lightning. And so it does so much damage and it also on electronic enemies, like most of them are robots. Um it stuns them. And so you can squirt polymer on them or essentially create like a field of goo for things to travel through, right? So when you do that, 
you can electrify that and it stays electrified for a while. So as they go through the piles of goo, they get electrified. I can use a fire weapon and I can light this shit on fire and it essentially turns into napalm and it stays lit for a long time. You can squirt it all over something and that makes them more susceptible to damage. So that polymer squirt is one of the more powerful but underutilized abilities. It can also kind of sticky something up and gum it up and slow it down, right? So you can kind of Spider-Man them, so to speak. Um, but it's actually a pretty good power. You, you're having a little too fun with this. Too much fun with this, right? <laughs> have I hit all the innuendos with as much of a straight yes, face as possible? Yes, <laughs> I think you have, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to stop. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> anyway. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you've got like a shield that I ended up almost never using that is kind of like a force shield that you can put around you that can, you can also use to to explode around you, right? You can set it up so that when something knocks your shield out, then it explodes for damage all around you. Like those powers are useful, um, but I tended to use my weapons and then you gear your weapons, like do more damage towards organics, do more damage towards um, robots. So essentially... Um, I don't know. I actually liked the combat quite a bit. Like, I had a lot of fun with the combat. Like, not going to lie, there was a lot of portions of that where I was looking forward to fighting things, especially once I got used to the synergies of different things. Um, there's a, I call them zombies. Um, there's like these things, like these spores that will infect a dead body. And then their face kind of opens up like a, like the Demigorgon from uh, Stranger Things. And those guys, there's several different variants of those guys. There's the basic walkers. There's some, they leap like halfway across the screen. So these weird like inside outside men is what I call them. They're, uh, they look like a mass of nerves and veins and muscle and goo. And they're really fucking hard. Um, and at some points they throw a lot of them at you. Um, there's these guys that shoot spores from their back and those spores poison you, but they also start awakening dead people around you because there's dead people all over the place in this area because shit happened, right? Right. And so they'll start infecting all the dead bodies and then that's how they're spawning in is they're just raising all the dead bodies essentially. So you'll see a dead body and then if you see one of those spore guys, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm about to be surrounded. Um, But like, the puzzles in the game are pretty fun. I actually like the puzzles. Um, so, like, there's these weird magnetic puzzles where you, like, flip a wall to a different side and then flip the polarity on the magnets using your electricity power. And then it raises and lowers platforms. There's a lot of weird platforming in this game. Essentially, the dungeons are all puzzle dungeons with a few enemies. Like, sometimes there'll be a boss in there and a room full of enemies, and then that's it. And then everything else is a puzzle. Um it's also super fucking optimized. I was telling Rusty when I first started playing it, it was like I th looked at the recommended requirements and the recommended requirements were a 2080. I was it running it for the 2080. Yeah. It looks great though. Yeah. I was running it at 4K 120 FPS on a 3080, which I cannot say the same about any other game I've played recently. Um, there was a lot of people that are upset that it didn't have ray tracing off the bat. I'm okay with it without ray tracing. They did a really good job of the lighting where I can't tell that it's not ray traced. Um, it's, it's just really highly optimized. 
So like I think just about everybody can play it on an acceptable setting and get a pretty good looking game out of it. Um, to address the bad though, um, the writing is pretty rough in spots with the dialogue. Your main character is always pissed off. There's actually a reason for that that I won't explain here, but once you beat the game, you kind of understand why he's always pissed off. Um, and he's got some really weird insults. Um, instead of saying what the fuck, a lot of the times he says crispy critters. He's like the B version <laughs> of uh, BJ Blazkowicz from Wolfenstein. It kind of really reminds me almost of a Wolfenstein meets Bioshock, but like from a double A studio, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. It's like, sure. it's a really good B game. That's kind of where I'm going with this. It's a really excellent B game. Um, Like better than a Serious Sam, not quite as good as a Bioshock, right? Um, Is it going to be game of the year? The soundtrack is. <laughs> um, The rest of the game, uh, there's DLC that's going to release for this at some point. Um, and I may go back and play it for the <laughs> DLC. I had a really fun time with it. And I, I can't remember what my hours played were, but I want to say it was close to... 30 so which is really good for a first person you know shooter essentially right kind of rpg mechanics bolted on but there, there's this upgrade fridge it has some <laughs> really crazy sexual innuendos that are pretty cringy at times um some of them are pretty funny some of them it's just like all right i get it i get it i get it i'm going to thrust my arm inside you and get the upgrades. You got it, buddy. Um, it doesn't do it all the time, thank God. Like the, you'll get to a new area and there'll be something new that just happened. And of course, the talking fridge wants to talk to you for a little bit. Um, then, because you can hit these upgrade spots, you save kind of like Resident Evil. Like there's a checkpoint essentially every 40 feet, it feels like. But in every area, you're like, you know, a minute away from getting to a, an upgrade station slash save point. So you hit these a lot, which means that they don't always talk at you. Um, I think it talks at you like once you get into a new area and you get to like your first one, then that's an event trigger to trigger it to talk to you and give you the weird fucking innuendo about fucking this robot, um, which your character never, your character is always against it, just to be clear. He's always mm. thinks it's fucking weird. Um, but still, um, the annoying talking fridge is a mixed bag at the same <laughs> least. You think it's a mixed bag. The thing is, is I haven't actually been able to sit down and actually enjoy this game at all. Not once. Um, but one of the very first questions that I had gotten asked is, so what do you think about the fridge? And I'm like, what? <laughs> What fridge are you talking about? Uh, and uh, apparently, uh, you know, between the people that I talk to at work and the people that uh, that I've talked to on Discord while I was playing Final Fantasy was uh, that there is a uh, there is mixed feelings about this. There's actually I was going through some of the uh, the reviews. Uh, and some of the reviews were like, I don't know how to uh, how to act around the fridge. I think um, it depends on your level of white knight, right? I guess. I, I think I the suppose. people that want to just like champion the champion it as uh, I'm really against this because I'm a white knight, and I want to make sure that everybody knows that I am a Puritan and that I am 
I think this is sexist and gross, probably rate this way lower. And then there's people like me who are not affected by that kind of stuff, right? Like I take pictures for a burlesque group. I'm around a lot of people that are in somewhat of that industry, so to speak, when it comes to a sex industry. Not really phased by that kind of stuff at all unless it's like overtly like rapey. If it was rapey, I would probably be like way more offended, but it's not. It's just really 14-year-old boy in me is kind of giggling a little bit. And the other side of it is like, all right, I get it. Let's move on. I was around when Rule 34 was created. So um, <laughs> it was – so this is this doesn't affect me one bit. There, you know <laughs> – if you don't know what Rule Thirty Four is, just Google it. Um, but just don't do don't Google it on a, a corporate network. Uh, just you know, just just don't do that. Um, but but still, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't affect me one bit. Um, I mean, we're, we're the two girls, one cup generation that used to do that, shock each other. So, oh uh, yeah, that uh, two girls, one cup, blue waffle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, don't, don't uh, Google any of those things. Sorry, Alexa. Please don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. So yeah. Um, lemon party. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, the, the, the red, uh, the, the red fridge didn't, uh, didn't necessarily bother me one bit. In fact, I think it's kind of funny. Um, you know, same juvenile style humor. You know, like okay, yeah, this is this I is definitely like a stereotype that they were pushing. Somebody outside of this group was asking me about it, and I was like, "Well, <clears throat> I don't think, I don't think me or you would be offended about it, but I think, I think people that want to find something to hate about this game will, which is, I think that might be the reason why that was uh, that character was created." To be honest, if I had if I had to create a character that was like so over the top weird, uh, I would want to make it an inanimate object. <laughs> it's just like it's not one of the robots. It's not one of the androids. It's well, a fucking fridge. <laughs> so like Matt came over and he was uh, delivering. He got he got an upgrade to his walk in or walk in uh, a chest freezer. So he was giving me his old one, and I didn't have a truck, right? So he's like, so I heard there was like a six hour sex scene in this and all this other stuff. And I was like, where the fuck are you hearing this? And so I kind of walked him through it. And I was like, if there's a six hour sex scene, I'll let you know, which is why I say there are people that are just out to like create controversy for no reason at all. Um, and the funny thing about that is it just boosts sales because people want to see what it is. And it's also on Game Pass. So you don't have to buy it. So it's like, OK, yeah, I'll rent it and let me see what it's like. And then I ended up playing it obsessively until I finished it. Um, it's kind of mm-hmm. a non-troversy is kind of what I'm getting at. Right. Um, but that's it's, the it's, question that I ask people is like, you know, like there's no six hour sex scene. There is no sex scene. I'm just going to throw that out there. There's nobody you can fuck. Oh, totally not downloading this game now. Yeah. Jesus. No. Thanks no for, thanks for making me, uh, letting me, uh, letting me know. So I don't waste my time. The I only wrote- download porn. Yeah, the 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 quote unquote sexiest robot you will see are the uh, the fembots you see at the very beginning of the game, which do come up later. And that's the thing. And that's not that's not what's hitting on you. Like, no, not in that sense anyway. No, uh, you are hitting on them, so to speak, with guns. 
Um, <laughs> they're about as sexy as your average Olympic swimmer. So, anyways, they have no faces either. It's it's like it's like being sexually attracted to the iRobot iRobots. Yeah, it's yeah. But a lot of the creature design is pretty decent. A lot of the robot design is pretty decent. I do like the weird doll-like faces of the uh, of the crazy uh, androids that attack you all the time. And then when their faces open up and they shoot laser beams at you. Like the battles do get pretty intense. Like, But after a while, once you get to a certain area in your abilities and you understand how to kind of mix and match your stuff, um, you get pretty powerful. Like... I got to a point where, like I said, that saw blade weapon, like I would use that exclusively to save a little bit of ammo when I'm going through an area. I will say for me, the biggest things to upgrade though, off the top of my head are your inventory space and your health. That's what I started with. And then I worked my way into the electric power and then everything else. Um, you have a certain amount of inventory and when you pick up too many things, it sends it to your permanent inventory, so to speak. But your inventory is also your ammo. Like you can only carry so much ammo and so many health consumables and things like that. But I felt like like you got a dodge for melee, which actually works pretty good. It doesn't have like Dark Souls level of iframe, but it has enough to uh, get out of the way of most things. In fact, like I would get through whole areas without using more than like one health thing. Like it's not that bad. So the combat's fun. I like I said, a lot of fun. I've been given a lot of things, a lot of four and a quarters. It's not a four and a half game. It's a it's a four and a quarter game. About the same. Oh my as god! It. it might actually be. I had a little more fun with it than I did Hogwarts. So let me say it's a four three. Still haven't finished Hogwarts. Yeah, I I really haven't. Like it's a it's a lot more fast paced than Hogwarts, and I play it put about the same amount of time into it. I wish I. Could actually sit down and fucking play games. Uh, these, these days, it's just been. Oh, it's just been four uh, hours of sleep a night. That's all it is for me. Uh, well, yeah. Well, it's been more sleep, and that's the problem for me. So, yeah. <laughs> been it's it's been uh, it's been it's been a time though. Though, if we uh, if we get some decent games going on here, I've got a I've still got shit on the backlog that I need to get to. So basically, I just, what I need is I just need time. So let's uh, let's let's get to that point. That's fair enough. I'm, I I will say I put a lot of time into another game. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't beat it yet. I think I'm like a third of the way through Wild Hearts, another Hearts game, right? So yeah. Um, Wild Hearts, the uh, uh, the Monster Hunter wannabe. It's a Monster Hunter clone hardcore. <laughs> but I will say it's easier to get into than Monster Hunter. Um, I think a lot of the abilities have faster animations. Um, like the Katana is a really good starter weapon, and that's what it starts you with. Um, it's pretty obvious what you need to do to kill certain things. It's got these this mechanic that's very different than Monster Hunter called Kokuri, I believe. And what it is is you can build things inside of the world to help you out with your hunts or to help you out with traversal, so to speak. So essentially, like, you can build boxes on top of each other, and you can use that as a platform to jump on top of the – and do, like, a, a jumping attack on a monster. You can – you get these 
like uh, combo attacks with the stuff. So I can put three springs on top of each other and it creates a giant hammer that swings down and hits the monster. I can create six or nine, no, six of the boxes in a row and it creates a wall that will essentially stop a monster in its track. So like if I see a monster is about to charge me, I throw up the wall, um, which for me is holding down left button and then hitting X six times. It almost turns into like a Street Fighter thing where you understand the combos by feel. And so you use those kind of mid-battle to create obstacles for the monster or ways for you to get into a better positioning. Like the springs you can use to get yourself closer to the monster really fast. It also has a crazy iframe window in the spring where if I, as soon as I launch from the spring, I'm invulnerable until I touch the ground, which means I can spring completely through a monster essentially. So it's hmm. charging me, use the spring, get out of the way. If I'm using a big sword or a big hammer, use the spring to get further distances because your movement speed's reduced. But that consumes a resource called thread, which you only get from attacking the monster or climbing on its back and finding the weak point and then pulling at the thread and then giving yourself like double resources, which is pretty required if you have a slow weapon to find a point to get on the monster and pull the thread essentially. And then you basically have a thread buff. I don't know what it's actually called, but basically it doubles your resources for those cookery. And those are just the basic ones, right? Like there's some that will like, like there's a trap I can do, which is like <laughs> XXY, XXB or something like that, right? So like I've kind of memorized that by feel like a Street Fighter combo. And then I create a trap in the middle of the battle that will contain the monster. And then I can go and wallop the fuck out of it for a few seconds. Um, you can play it very single player. There are some fights that were incredibly hard until I figured out the trick with the Kokuri to make the fight more manageable. Like there's one that I had to do that had some really strong elemental damage and I had to figure out the lantern conjuration that you can do that will help reduce elemental damage so it's survivable. Um, but yeah, you uh, kind of go to an area, you... The way that every area, except for the very starting area, works is you go into area, discover new area, go kill lots of small things in open room to get the materials you need to build your basic set that works in that area. And then you go through and then hunt the monsters that give you the best material to give you the most edge for that level of area that you're working through. And play till you hit a wall and then go grind shit to get things that you need to build the set that you need and the weapons you need to tackle the thing that was hard before. Uh, and the loop's pretty satisfying, and it works pretty well. It has some optimization issues. Um, the week of launch, it was really rough. I did not buy it at launch. I, I bought it after I beat Atomic Art. Um, and it's I've got 30 hours in it so far. It's probably a 100-hour game, easily. I've heard it doesn't have an end game, so that part I'm a little worried about, but also Monster Hunter World didn't have an end game for a minute. So we'll see how it compares. Monster Hunter World's the best one of these, like, of all time. I think, without a doubt, I can say that very confidently. I think Rusty would probably agree with me. Um, yes. It's, uh, I don't know that it's Monster Hunter World good, but it is pretty interesting. <clears throat> and then once you swallow your pride just a little bit and turn a few things down to medium... And then go through and lock your FPS to 60 instead of 120, and then maybe turn it down to 1440 or 1080, it will play at a lock 60. Um, 
And that's the best way to play that game is playing it at a lock 60. So mine's at 1440. There's a lot of CD settings I have on medium on a 3080. And I'm playing it at a lock 60. Um, where am I at with it now, rating-wise? Probably a 4 out of 5. We shall see when I get closer to the end. Um, but, Rusty, you're killing me. Um, I feel just, with him as, wow. as he's as he's continuing. I, I just I, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I fuck with him on the camera. So. The things that you guys can't see. Yeah, we'll we'll do a video cast one of these days. One of these days. One of these days. I, I we used to, yeah, but I mean, I broke the camera, so there's that. Yeah, the. uh I did play another game. <laughs> you played another fucking game. Well, you, you've been playing all the fucking games. Yeah, so Phantom Brigade came out. It was on... I've got two, three more games to talk about. So Phantom Brigade, um, I do not have nearly as much time into that as I have some of these other games. But Phantom Brigade is a... Didn't know if I was going to like it at first. What? What? I don't know what you're talking about. So Phantom Brigade is kind of like um, Battletech in that it's a turn-based mech game. Um, it uses... Has anybody here used Flash? Do you remember using keyframes and things like that in Flash for animation? I don't know. Jason, did you ever mess with it? Not really, no. So anyways, essentially you have a certain level of mechs and you set up all their moves on a five-second timeline. And on that five-second timeline, you can move them however you want. You can set up when they do attacks and at what angle they're going to do that. You'll see your percentages of hit. Um, while you're setting up the attack, you'll also see the enemies move in those five seconds. And it has this goofy little story as to how you can predict five seconds into the future. But you basically set it up and then hit play, and then all of your things do the things. And there are some unpredictable things because you don't understand how much damage something's going to do to you or maybe your legs get shut off or whatever. But all of these things move for five seconds and then you pause again, set up all your moves, and then do the whole thing over again. It's really addictive. It's, uh, it's an interesting take on turn-based tactics and it looks really neat. So um, you also salvage the battlefield much like you would in Battletech for weapons. So depending on what you didn't blow to smithereens um, is the level of salvage cost that something costs. So essentially, like, you could blow somebody's weapon up, and it'll cost more on your salvage cost at the end to get it, but you can still get it, right? That enemy had an unbreakable shield for your character. Yeah, I really want that shield. Um, it's going to cost me half my salvage cost, but it's worth it because it was a really good shield. But in every battle, you can salvage everything, including your mechs, if your mechs blow up which also comes at a pretty great cost. So you don't get a lot from it. But it's got this whole upgrade path, kind of like XCOM, where you have a mobile base that has different upgrades in it. And then you have um, all the parts that you're salvaging from all the enemy mechs and tanks and things like that that you salvage as you go. And you start to piecemeal your mechs together. And it has kind of a mech lab, very much like Mech Warrior or uh, Battletech. Um, it's similar, but not the same. But it's kind of the same thing, right? Here's your legs. Here's your arms. You've got modifiers that you can attach to the legs and the arms. You've got modifiers you can 
add to your weapons and to your core and all this stuff. There's a lot of custom customization uh, abilities. It has almost no story, though. Like, almost no story. It's a bit grindy. The core bones of the game, though, are pretty good. Um, Like, you've got melee weapons. The melee's a little bit broken because it's really fucking powerful. But to get good with melee, you got to get really close, which means that your mech might get torn to shred. Um, it's really neat in that if you see that you're going to get hit at a certain point, you can hit dash, and that reduces the amount of damage you take because things won't hit. And you'll see in real time when you're playing the, when you hit play, things like missing you because you dashed essentially. Um, you've got like indirect fire, direct fire, you've got mortar, you've got like missiles that are guided and unguided. And they all have like travel times to get to their target. So that kind of tells you if you're going to hit something or not. So if I've got a lock-on missile, it might take all five seconds, but I know I'm going to hit the target. If I have a dumb fire missile, then you kind of got to check the trajectory at the end of that flight path. Is it going to hit that enemy? Right? It'll give you percentages of what's likely to happen. And you literally can scroll the timeline back and forth and see if you've got a pretty good chance of hitting it. But it plays out kind of like watching keyframes and flash is what it reminded me of. Um, no story whatsoever. It's got super cool core mechanics. Um, I've probably got 10 hours in that. And I would say I need to see through to the end. It just came out of early access. I need to see through to the end how it plays out. It's over a four so far. It's a really cool game. Um it's a really cool turn your brain off game too. Like you're not turning your brain off to do the things, right? But you're turning your brain off to listen to a podcast or, um, you know, like do th something that you need a grindy game. Like that and Wild Hearts are both really good for the grindy game itch. Like maybe a little too good, but they're not bad. Um, Sweet. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys are dead. And I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm out of it, like super fucking out of it. So uh I need a refresher. If you're into soul stuff, um Steel Rising is a pretty good Souls analog. I bought it on the winter sale and haven't touched it. And in between all of these releases, I started it up. I'm about probably about a third of the way through that. I think I've got 20 hours in Steel Rising. So you're this weird, it's set in like the French, weird alternate French revolution where everybody has these like animatronic robots, right? The setting's kind of goofy. Um, and you play one of those robots, you're like a weird, I keep calling them fembots, but they kind of are. Like you're this weird like ballerina that has, like as you kid her out, like her look changes because you're literally like exchanging parts which is kind of weird, and you're a weird mannequin thing. Um, but the uh, the core combat loop of this is it is essentially Dark Souls in the French Revolution. It's not as good as Dark Souls, but the combat actually feels really, really good. Um, it's got really good dodge windows. Um, it's got pretty good checkpointing system. Um it's pretty easy to understand if you want to be a parry, a parry bot or a, a guard bot or a, a dodge bot. Um, I found it easier than Dark Souls. 
I don't know that everybody will. It's got a little bit of a weird jank to the animation because it's making him feel like robots. They kind of move like really fast and then not at all. Not a very human style movement. It's all super jerky, um, mm-hmm. which makes it kind of hard to understand. None of the bosses seem to be really that hard. I've been able to do the hardest one. It's taken me three attempts. Um, I was really intimidated by the first boss for a minute until I realized you just have to have patience to figure out the moveset. And then it was cake after that. Um, I don't know exactly what to think about it. It was a ACG recommends as we all like ACG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw some uh, something about it. It was uh, it was it was all right, but they kind of lost me on the whole uh, uh, on the whole uh, Android thing. I was like, uh, no, I just I just want another want another Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Yeah, it's I actually not... just want another Sultan Sanctuary. Yeah, like... I do too. Really bad. Um, but we will probably talk more about this next week. Me and Jason have both tried out a well. Jason's installed it. I've played about thirty minutes of Wolong and beat the first I'm... little boss, and that's it. I am. Uh, I'm actually was looking into that while uh, while you were talking about other games, and it's getting absolutely freaking hammered right now um is it with negative reviews huh is it performance issues it's performance issues most of the uh uh most of what i'm seeing so far is uh is just uh either performance issues or having problems with the with the port uh on pcs uh pc mainly uh, you bu- I saw did you buy it on PC? About, I didn't buy it. I planned it off Game Pass. Okay. Well, if you're playing it on uh, on PC, uh, the their performance on the PC port is currently reported as terrible. Um, but the game itself is, you know, is workable. If your um, average, if your average, I was looking at Steam hardware reviews. Your average card still a sixteen fifty. So it might be geared towards more modern hardware. And I always have a hard time with the performance reviews unless it's Wild Hearts, which legitimately, this has better performance than Wild Hearts. I will tell you that. Wild Hearts, I had to really tune to lock it in. Um, okay. And the little bit of time I was playing this, I was running the NVIDIA overlay, and I was averaging like 87 FPS. Um, and that was Ooh. in 4K. When I bumped it up to 2K, I was like, hitting my limit at 120 fps it's more of there's a uh there reports of ambient occlusion actually causing uh issues the game crashing every hour or so well i haven't um, played it for an hour straight so <laughs> right all i know uh, is that like a launch drop frames yeah, I just launched it and started playing it. But I'm also not playing on V-Sync, right? Like, after you get G-Sync, it's hard to want to play anything at V-Sync because it hitches every now and then, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't frame limit it or do any of that other stuff. And it seems to be working okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's the it's thing. It's on Game it's Pass. <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the reviews is, so basically, Wild Hearts level of optimization. Uh, so No, Wild Hearts was worse. Again, yeah. I, we don't have a lot of room to talk because the lowest level card we have is a 2080 Ti on the cast, which is pretty good. Right. 
So um, we're the worst people to talk about optimization because I think this group just pile drives through it. Right. Like, like, well, I mean, yeah. Like, Jason, you should have at least 16 gigs of RAM still, right? Yes. Like, yeah. I, have, I have... I have I have exactly 16. Yeah, I have and, 32. I mean, and I have an like, overclocked 99KF. Right. So... Right. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I remember. Oh, that's where that other chip went. Um, that is where that other chip went. I mean, I just upgraded my CPU, and I'm running 32 gigs of RAM. Rusty, you're running 32 gigs of RAM, and we're both running it, it on XMP like, profiles, right? Like, all of us are running XMP, right? Yeah. yeah. I, like, I could probably get a few more frames if I upgraded my chip at this point, but... Eh, I wasn't going to upgrade mine for another year or two. Um, yeah, we're we're pushing through uh pushing through this and most of the you know like the critic reviews haven't really said anything you know in the order of uh, uh of performance issues like most of them are hovering around 80 uh and up as far as uh uh you know critic reviews you know but the, one complaint yes. i have that's really minor is it started off with a ps4 or a ps a playstation controller control scheme mm -hmm. And I had to go into the settings and figure that out and turn it over to Xbox. I mean, that's a minor criticism. Oh my gosh, that's just terrible. <laughs> Gonna have to uninstall. Just uninstall it. It's wor it's worthless now. Now I haven't actually uh, looked into this, um, but it does seem like this would be. Uh, they're saying that it's it's not as bad as Sekiro, but it also kind of has more of that action style. I, I actually got the parry timing down pretty early on, to be honest with you. You basically yeah, hit so. B. So the weird thing about it so far is the dodge, you have to double tap B to dodge. There's no stamina management, but you can dodge less often because it's double tap, double tap, right? And there's right. a cooldown between dodges. So it wants you to use that parry because it gives you a stronger attack afterwards. And so you'll see they'll glow red essentially around the weapon hilt. You know, they're about to do a critical strike. And if you time it when they release the hit, essentially, and you just tap B, like you'll parry it, and then you're in a position to basically knock off half their health. And I parried the first boss three times, got hit once, and killed him with parries. Um, Sekiro, once you got, has a crazy level of timing on the, on the parry is why I could never get into it. I sucked at it. Maybe I'll get better at it now, but um, the parry's cool. The, it has a, like martial arts attacks is what it calls it. So you like hold down your bumper and click one of your face buttons and you'll do like a big power move and then you've got fucking magic and I've got like fire and electricity. I've got like all sorts of magic already off the bat. Fire will like paralyze shit for a second which gets you in there to get some good attacks and they're blocking too much shit. I don't know. Works okay so far. I'm I'm curious about it. I hope I get to play a little bit more of it this weekend. But yeah, we Sweet. need to take a break, don't we? I need to take. Yeah, I think it's about time. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go. I think poop. I need to re up my caffeine. We'll be back.
we're back. Toasty. Yeah. Well, what the hell? <laughs> Jeez. Awkward pause followed by a burp. Awkward nice. burps. That's yeah. what that is. Well, we are into the news section, and it may not be as much news, nothing huge. But I will say something about this coming week. Um, I really like, is it called? It's not The Last Stand. The Last Spell. And that is actually coming out of early access here this week, mm -hmm. Thursday. Yeah. Um, depending on how that pans out, that may make it into my top 10 this year. I really have liked that through early access, and it's just continued to get better with what the progression is as it goes over. It's kind of like Tower Defense meets old school Final Fantasy with a very uh, – has a pretty decent soundtrack. I really like the soundtrack. It's like a techno metal or something like that. But anywho, mm -hmm. um, that comes out of early access on Thursday the 9th. So I'm just looking forward to that because I really want to play it. And it'll play on anything. So if you got any kind of PC gaming thing of anything, then it'll be there. And I think it even comes out on PlayStation as well. Um, there's a report out that um, – so I think we, we may have already said this, but the Elden Ring DLC has been announced. Um, so yes. Elden Ring DLC is set to come out sometime this year. I say this year. Did they ever say a date? Um, for the Elden Ring DLC. It's currently in development. Seeing a date. Yeah, it's currently in development. But, um, that means I'll have a whole nother reason to play that masterpiece of a game. Um, the new Armored Core that's by the same, by From Software as well, is set to be a September-October release right now. So and the Elden Ring release date, or Elden Ring DLC release date will be after Armored Chord 6. Right. So, so if you're looking for a new experience from From Software, I think we're going to get Armored Core beforehand, which I'm actually okay with. I was thinking for whatever reason that was going to be coming out in March of this year, and that is apparently not the case. Um, really into giant robots fighting each other, um, especially very customizable robots. And I'm looking forward to see what they do with Armored Core with a budget because it has never had much of a budget before. Previous... I remember playing that back on the fucking, was it with the PlayStation? PlayStation it, days? Yeah, it's Armored Core has been out for a while. The latest version of Armored Core came out, I want to say, in 2011 or 2012 on 360. Okay. Yeah. See, I remember playing it back in the PlayStation days, and it was like it was difficult, but it was just a um, an alternative to uh, uh, Mech Warrior. But yeah. it seemed like it was more action paced, yeah, uh, action based because it was like there's a lot more Gundam style battles. Yeah, and from what I remember, it was a lot of it's not a. Yeah, I could be totally wrong. I feel like I remember playing it out as a third-person action game. Um, um, I think it was uh, the old Armored Cores. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it, and it had the like the the square on the screen as the uh, as like the heads-up display, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's been, it's a, been a minute. It's it's been since when we first started the show. The last Armored Core came out. 
It's been a very long time. It was also a very hard game last time I played it, too. I think that that part of me that thought those types of games were hard um, probably wouldn't think that nowadays. Yeah, I was I was right. The square on the screen is the is the heads up display for the. I remember playing the original Armored Core. Oh, holy shit! Um, yeah, because that was all. Uh, Armored Core was PlayStation, and yeah. then Armored Core Two came out on PlayStation Two. And I remember playing both of those games. Uh, it didn't have the you know the greatest graphics, but it was basically Gundam style ga- uh, you know gaming. But I remember looking at the screenshots for it. Yeah, there's a big red uh, square on your screen, which was your uh, uh, which was basically like your targeting area, uh, and you uh, would switch between different weapons. You know that would be able to track within that area. So it was kind of neat. Yeah, something else that I was noticing or been starting to follow is a game called The Thaumaturge. That sounds kind of mm. weird. And it's a weird um, demon hunter isometric turn-based game. Um, there's uh, people making the original Witcher remake. I think they're called Fool's Theory. Yeah. The developer's 11-bit studios, same people who do Frostpunk. Um, we'll also be doing the Witcher remake, but they've also got a game that's got a Steam page without a release date for an action RPG or action RPG, a turn-based RPG that's kind of like a weird demon hunting story, where I guess choices are supposed to matter. Um, I guess we'll see more about it as it comes out. I'm interested, um, but with a lot of new properties, it's also a cautious optimism. Um, a game we haven't talked about that's incredibly popular right now is Sons of the Forest. It's really early access right now, but right now they've sold over 2 million copies in just the first day of release. And so if you're looking at Steam stats, it's like over 500,000 people daily are playing that game. Um, yeah. I've heard it's got less of the survival mechanics of the first game, and that's the part that I like the most about the original Forest. I'm going to wait a little while after I get all these other things off my plate that aren't early access to try to give it a shot. Um, I know people yeah. want to know more about it, but I've, I always, I find myself getting burned out with early access if I play something early access. And so I end up being in a space where it's like, I've already got everything I want out of this, but I didn't even get the best version of the product. And then I quit playing it. And then it takes me like six months after it releases for me to play it again. So I've tried to, pump the brakes on early access as much as possible with most things, which is one of the reasons why I didn't pick it up. Um, just like the last spells, an early access game I picked up last year, and I really wish I'd have just waited, but it's a really good game. So I'll just play that when it comes out. But the, uh, yeah, it just, that bit of early access always kills me because I think I might have said it on this show, but like doing that with Wasteland 2 it took me months before I played it after 1.0 release. And then I actually really liked it because I got past the point that I beat like seven times. I've got a mm-hmm. couple of other things, but do you guys have anything you want to talk about first? Oh, oh you're well, going to throw us on the spot now? Got, got a couple stories. Um, so, and announced this past week. Uh, there will be a visually upgraded version of the outer worlds 
uh, coming to uh, PC, PS5, and Xbox Series consoles. However, it will be a paid upgrade. So if you already have the Spacer Spacer's Choice Edition, which came with all the DLC, etc., the uh, the new version will be a five dollar upgrade to get the visual improvements to really do that? 60 fps i feel like that game just came out um what no it was the that, outer no, worlds like, that was like that's a couple years, years old but why are they yeah releasing a remake like i get the last of us being released in 2013 and no, having no it's just visual upgrades for next gen so yeah because it technically came out on last generation so um, oh my gosh all right uh, i understand that it took some effort for them to actually do some of the stuff i think uh the the um the the five dollar price point for people who i mean specifically bought the version that had all of the dlc included in it should have gotten it for you know for free um the people okay. who have had did you know, just bought the standard ass version of it i can understand it being a paid thing for them but i mean give it to the people who uh give it to the guys that fucking like supported you with like a prepayment on all of the dlc i mean seriously yeah <laughs> just, so, it doesn't make you know. any damn sense i mean i'm sure that and there's a fucking like, modder out there that's like you know what i did this shit for free you know right and paid visual upgrades has never gone well. Never gone well. But if you are interested, it's called Spacer's Choice Edition, and it comes out later this month. Um, in other nudes. Nudes. News. Wow. News. In other um, nudes, huh? The, uh, a judge in the EU antitrust uh, case over the Microsoft buyout of Activision Blizzard um announced this last week that uh the eu is pushing back um uh the uh the release date for the ruling to april 25th um to the stating what? that it's very to april 25th okay stating that's very very that this is a very important discussion um and that they can't be in a race to come to a ruling um, of course, this is after um, Microsoft made a big show of signing those uh, Call of Duty contracts with Nintendo and NVIDIA for NVIDIA Now, um, as well as it, it coming out, by the way, that PlayStation's total market share for the last five years in the console market has been 70% versus Nintendo's 10 and my and Microsoft Xbox's 20. So really? um yeah, so I think PlayStation's uh kind of starting to lose their legs a little bit as far as uh anti-competitive. Um argument how how could this not make the whole industry overall more competitive um but 
regardless, it's going to be another almost two months before we hear hear the EU's ruling on that, and I'm sure that's going to influence uh, rulings in both the UK and the FT and the FTC here in America. Probably, yep. Um, um. And along with this, the FTC actually, and uh, it came out that the FTC ruled uh, last week um, on uh, an appeal from Microsoft for to see some of Sony's uh, uh, exclusivity contracts. So basically, um, from January. 1st of 2020 through today uh microsoft gets to see the exclusivity and licensing contracts for sony interactive in that antitrust case i this is nuts man okay (laughs) so basically they're firing back and forth across the courtroom basically but now it's it's coming back to a little bit more of a center even even playing field versus it all looking like everybody was uh uh was leaning towards all of Sony's arguments which are really just just words you know there's no proof that Microsoft owning Call of Duty is going to kill their console business right um which has primarily been their argument Call of Duty Call of Duty Call of Duty so, well, Call of Duty is basically their biggest, mo- uh, a big money maker, like one of the biggest. You know, it's a it's a good, it's a good jump off point because everybody knows Call of Duty. Like even people who have not played Call of Duty know about Call of Duty. Know about right. Call of Duty. That's true. Um, and then a little bit less heavy news. Uh. This week you will see uh, Xbox Super Saver Sale kickoff, mm. uh, which will um, ahead of Jedi Survivor coming out. Uh, you'll see deeply uh, reduced prices on both of the Force Unleashed titles, as well as Knights of the Old Republic, the Lego Star Wars Saga, um, Battlefront Two, Republic Commando, and Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Nice. Now, the, you know, jumping off of that, there was an interview on, uh, on IGN about, you know, with, uh, let's see, the, uh, director, uh, Stig Osman, uh, Osmussen, Osmussen, uh, I'm terrible with names. So, anyway, uh, the interview went into uh, a little bit about uh, Jedi Survivor and what their uh, what the plans are with uh, you know with the IP. Um, the uh, current plan is to make it a trilogy. So uh, there is a, a bit of uh, like a gameplay preview uh, available on IGN uh, that you can uh, that you can take a look at as well as you know, uh, read this interview here but it's very interesting to see that they're going to go with a uh, uh with a trilogy for uh for this it was a pretty good game uh initially and it did kind of leave things open at the end but it also could have tied up you know that's that's how that game kind of played out for me 
So everything about Star Wars is a trilogy. If you notice, if you if you look at it, so uh, there's always the those books and those movies always come out in threes. So it makes sense that uh, it makes sense that this would be a, a trilogy as well. Um, let's see. Um, I have been kind of, kind of following along with, uh, with, uh, Final Fantasy because, you know, Final Fantasy is a thing for me. Um, and, uh, Final Fantasy 16's PC version, uh, will not be coming out six months after the PS5 version. It's probably going to be, um, see here it's most of the most of the uh exclusivity for uh for the PlayStation games have uh it's been it drops on PS5 and then it, and you have to wait a period of time 6 months was kind of the speculation um uh but it's probably going to be later here So the uh, I'm looking for the quote for it right here. Um, it takes a lot of time and money uh, to optimize uh, for the PS5 uh, to deliver the best gaming experience. Of course, we'd like to release the PC version at some point so everybody can play as many, you know, so that everyone can play as many games as possible. However, if we start optimizing the PC version after the PS5 version comes out, it won't be, we won't be able to optimize it in half a year. So it won't come out in a short period of time uh, or a short span of half a year. So it'll probably be another year. And that's kind of, uh, kind of what happened with uh, God of War um, and a lot of the other uh, PlayStation games that have been ported to PC is it takes about a year. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, I have a PlayStation. I'm going to be playing it on PlayStation, so there, you know, there is a, uh, yeah, there is that benefit. But yeah, you know, PC gamers, of course, will have to wait. Um, and I saw something else, a game that I had very little hopes for, and then they keep coming back and teasing me with, um, the uh, the sequel to a, the Wolf Among Us. Yeah, it got it got delayed, didn't it? Yes, it got pushed out. Uh, it got pushed to next year. Um, I think so they were saying it was of, they're moving it from Unreal Four to Unreal Five. That is correct. They're moving it to uh, to Unreal Five, uh, and it's being pushed out of this year. So it'll, it'll be next year at you know at best. Um, I'm just happy to hear that they're actually making it. <laughs> Um, it just keeps like it was yo-yoing for a little while like you know with Telltale dying uh, you just you just start to think of like all of those IPs that you know won't ever uh, won't ever come back so that was one of them I really enjoyed the uh, wolf uh, the wolf among us um, so I'm I'm just happy to see it come back it'll probably it'll probably be one of those things that I'll just 
keep on the you know keep in the back of my mind and be like uh, yeah that's the thing that's uh, supposed to come out oh yeah star citizens kind of like that right now <laughs> yeah there's somebody that i know that continues to try to push me to play that and it's like it's not a game yet and i'm not playing it till they actually release something that says 1.0 <laughs> right let's right. uh, see yeah star citizen is it's uh, again like where that was supposed to have already been in our hands for months now um where the fuck is it like can can we please have it <laughs> i need something to break me out of my uh my current gaming funk where i start uh i start into a game and then i fucking you know just be like no no i don't need any more of this that's kind of where i'm at with hogwarts <laughs> so, you're just done huh you're just done i'm not done with hogwarts um I just, I just don't have the uh, the drive to go back to it. Does it make sense? I'm like, I'm, I will probably eventually finish the game, but there is no way I'm going to, you know, complete that game, right? I'm not going to go through and do all the fucking wizard trials and all that shit. I, I don't, I don't feel the need to. Um, and it's just, I just need to finish that game. So that I can be done with it, and then I can hand it off to, uh, I can hand it off to, uh, uh, to my roommate here, and he can play the fuck out of it if he wants to. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know where it'll sit at the end of the year, depending on what comes out. If I was to compare it to last year, it might have made the top ten for me. Not amazing, but as a medium Hogwarts fan, I, uh, I like it all right. Yeah, I, I, I get I, similar spots in the story too because it's just the way the game's paced out. It's that it's it is the way the game's uh, paced out. But then again, I'm also <laughs> I'm not quite right in the head sometimes. Uh, and when it comes to uh, when it comes to you know to early teens and you know probably early teens and then the uh, and, and then just um them being this is going to sound really terrible <laughs> they're them being british teens <laughs> it's just something about that like even the movies and the, and i have a hard know, time relating I've, to it as well like i said i wanted a bearded wizard and of course that wasn't going to happen right right and it was it's it's just i can only take kids of a certain age for you know for a period of time and that game is basically the uh, the entirety of uh of uh uh, teenagers (sighs) teenagers with you know with magical abilities that shouldn't have them anywho i'm uh i'm cranky and i'm tired (laughs) i've uh (laughs) i've pulled a lot of carpet today so well jason where can you find us Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash The Real TiltCast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Yes, he mutes himself. Subscribe. <laughs> wow. That's find, a first. Yeah, you can find some friends of the show. We've got For the Love of Gaming. We've got Picking Up the Pixels or The Pupcast. You've got NoQuarters.net. 
bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv. They like RPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.